Lock and Load. This is GeorgiaCarry.org Radio with Georgia Carry's Executive Director, Jerry Henry. GeorgiaCarry.org is Georgia's no-compromise voice for gun owners. The leader in the fight to reclaim and expand our Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms. Here's your host, Executive Director of GeorgiaCarry.org, Jerry Henry. Welcome to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio Hour, this uh, beautiful downtown Atlanta, August the 5th. Uh, tonight is our uh, gala dinner at our annual, our ninth annual convention. And uh, tonight, or today, I have with me a, uh, a friend of the Second Amendment, a friend of Georgia Carey, and uh, a lady who has done an awful lot of work in the last uh, two or three years to see to it that we were able to carry on campus. And uh, she has been uh, recognized for that work in some instances. And, well, I guess she's been recognized for that work in other instances as well. I know I get recognition in both directions. But I, uh, my special guest today, and I'm really proud to have her, is Mandy Ballinger, state representative for uh, Cherokee County and maybe some other areas. No, just Cherokee County. It's okay. only contained in Cherokee. Okay. Um, so at any rate, uh, welcome to the show. Thank you. Appreciate uh, we the opportunity to be here. Well, I want to talk to you about a couple of things, uh, several things, in fact, uh, about uh, campus carry. You know, one of the first things that was said about campus carry by supposedly a uh, pro-gun group was that it was it was no good. It's, it's just not any good at all. We we shouldn't even have passed it. Mm-hmm. But yet, you can protect yourself on most of the campus right now, even though there are places that we don't like being off limits. Mm-hmm. They are off limits. Now, Mm -hmm. explain why those are off limits, if you don't mind. Well, you know, throughout the legislative process, unfortunately, we don't always get what we want. It is a process. Um, There was a conference committee. There were compromises that were made. um, But we felt like it was an important first step um, in allowing people the ability to protect themselves while they were on Georgia's college campuses. And we agree with you. Uh, Everything that we have done uh, basically uh, is done in increments. Mm -hmm. And that's how we lost our rights to begin with, or most of our rights to begin with. They didn't just walk up one day and pass all the laws and say, you can't carry a gun here. You've got all this kind of stuff. And we have not been able to do that, and we don't expect to be able to do it, because Mm -hmm. there are some people that will not vote for us under any conditions. Mm -hmm. There are some people that there are some conditions that they would go against us. Mm -hmm. There are some things that they strongly believe in. And so we have to take what we can get. And I believe it's a good first step. Mm Mm-hmm. And the only problem that I see with us as we go on down the road is we're going to have to elect uh, the proper people to continue that push. Exactly. And I think that it's, you know, whenever we passed HB 60, the infamous guns everywhere bill <laughs> that, that it got called, right. um, you know, I think one of the reasons we were able to get campus safety passed was because we were able to point to the efficacy and the fact that there wasn't blood in the streets. Right. You know, we were just allowing people the ability to defend themselves, to exercise their rights in some of those places that had been off limits. And we were able to, to demonstrate that, you know, blood didn't run in the streets, nothing bad happened. So, you know, we had that track record kind of moving forward it, you know hb60 had been in place for a couple of years so you know we had that track record to kind of rely upon whenever right. we were uh, moving forward with campus safety right well that i think that track record started back uh in 2008 with hb89 mm-hmm. we passed hb89 that loosened up some of the restrictions passed 308 to get rid of 
the public gathering laws. Mm-hmm. And as you say, blood's never run in the street, even from those. But those were, in fact, the blood was going to run in the street when they started allowing you to carry concealed. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that's never happened either. Mm-hmm. And it's not going to happen because the, the law-abiding citizen is not going to be the one out that's doing it. No, it's uh, no nobody that was going to be up to anything bad or evil on Georgia's campuses was not going to be deterred by a $100 fine. That's correct. Uh, well, even they're not going to be con- uh, deterred by a, a, a being a felon. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it being a felony, big deal. Mm-hmm. An awful lot of the guys that are carrying guns on campus right now are already felons and not supposed to be carrying them. Yeah. So what's the big deal? Mm-hmm. Um, so tell me a little bit about Mandy Ballinger. Were you uh, born in Georgia, raised in Georgia? Born and raised in Georgia, um, down here at Northside, the Big Baby Factory, born there, um, and raised in North Georgia and currently reside in Canton, um, and was elected in 2012. It was my first election. I had never run for any kind of elected office, but it was actually an open seat, um, newly created from redistricting. So um, I decided to throw my hat in the ring, and there were... Uh, four, it was a four-way race, and um, I managed to scrape through without a runoff. Well, good. So. And uh, and have been uh, scraping through ever since, I would uh, say. Yeah, struggling. You're <laughs> struggling? I don't know about struggling. I, I would call you more of a scraper than a struggler <laughs> because uh, you, have, uh, you have spoken so eloquently on all of our gun bills before the press and before the committees, et cetera. And I know that you've taken a lot of heat because I take a lot of heat from what I do, and I'm not sitting up there waiting for the whole public to come out. They have to search me out a little bit more than you. Yeah. And so I, I understand, and I I, uh, I was thinking the other night, I ran across something on my desk that reminded me of of something that happened, mm-hmm. uh, I believe it was last year's session, um, during one of the, uh, during one of the uh, presentations of Campus Carry, of course the opponents were up talking, and they talked, talked, and talked, and talked. And I got a text message from somebody that said, I need some kind of flag, <laughs> a BS flag. And uh, if I remember correctly, you got one, didn't you? <laughs> I did. I, I did get a BS flag uh, because, you know, so often whenever you're dealing with these issues, it's a lot of emotion. It's a lot of rhetoric. Right. Not a lot of facts. Right. It's um, not. It's emotion so. more than anything mm-hmm. else. Very, very few facts. Yes. Uh, and that's the way it's always been. When you start talking against gun control mm-hmm. or against guns and for gun control, the only thing that you can really say is what you think is going to happen, mm-hmm. what could happen. Well, I think if we look to other countries, we can see what happens. Sure. You know, unfortunately, there was a very tragic accident in Great Britain. They went forward. They removed all the guns. Uh, they enacted extraordinarily strong gun control. Gun violence went up 37 percent um overall um you know in australia they they did the same thing gun violence you know exploded exponentially um gun control doesn't work no it doesn't work it's not going to work mm-hmm. it hasn't worked it well it works just about as good as prohibition worked yeah. <laughs> <laughs> every every time you do something like that if you tell somebody they can't have anything they want it mm-hmm. it doesn't matter who it is whether it's a kid or whether it's a grown grown adult well, but whenever you enact gun control, you're taking guns away from good people. That's correct. Um, you're not taking guns away from bad people. That's correct. So you're you're stripping people the ability to defend themselves. You're making them victims. That's correct. And and when you look at the extended background checks that the that Bloomberg's groups want, what criminal is going to stand in line for a background check? Mm-hmm. It's not going to happen. Gun mm-hmm. buybacks. That's a good one. I like. You, <laughs> how can you buy it back? It was never yours. Mm-hmm. You never owned it. Yeah. Uh, and if you did, then you're probably the one that should be in jail because you sold it to a criminal. Mm-hmm. And I, I just, those do absolutely no good except 
they make a little bit of, of news and mm-hmm. make people think that they're doing something. Mm-hmm. It's like a lot of things that, that go on. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, it's uh, – I have trouble trying to put my myself in their shoes. Mm-hmm. I just can't understand it. Mm-hmm. If I – if you do something that I don't like, mm-hmm. I don't care. doesn't bother me. <laughs> but I shouldn't, just because I don't like something you do, I shouldn't try to make it illegal. Mm-hmm. And especially if it's an enumerated constitutional right mm-hmm. along with a God-given right. Mm-hmm. That should be our right to keep that. And that's what we have. To, it's it's amazing to me that we have to fight so hard to keep it. Mm-hmm. Um, now, you you said something earlier. You kind of blamed your, your gun uh, background on your seatmate there, <laughs> yes, uh, my Rick first Jasper. Yes, Rick yes, Jasper's. Sir. And I believe that's where I met you. As a matter of fact, if I remember correctly, I met you down there uh, about the time we were getting ready to pass. I believe it was eight sixty. I mean HB uh, sixty. And um, well, I was the fourth signer on the original that's House correct. bill right. that became HB sixty. Right. And I, uh, my iPhone was about to go dead. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to Rick, and you came up, and you just happened to have an iPhone and said, here, I'll take it in here and charge it. Mm. So uh, I couldn't text you for a while, but, <laughs> but I got my iPhone charged. So that's the good part. Uh, and it, it's it's funny. You know, you, you look back and you think about, about these things that go on, and it's, to me it's kind of amazing that, that more people don't go down to the Capitol and show up. They don't seem to understand that the people down there are not – unapproachable they're Mm -hmm. they're just regular people out trying to do their job Mm -hmm. and they deserve the respect that that you can give them Mm -hmm. regardless of whether you're on their side or or they're on your side or not Mm -hmm. uh you're certainly not going to get them to come to your side by threatening them Mm -hmm. just not going to happen and uh you know i I would imagine that somewhere down the road there could be some some pretty good books written about (laughs) about what goes on down there and and it's and it's all fun and games it's sometimes it's so stressful it's unreal Mm -hmm. Uh, sometimes i wonder how y'all make it through the session because i have trouble making through the session and i'm (laughs) only dealing with one thing y'all dealing with everything in the world down there so i i I, um i understand a lot about what you do Mm -hmm. what you and and the other representatives other senators do Mm -hmm. and it's um it's something that, that I believe more people should get involved in, not only to protect our rights and keep things moving in the right direction, but to understand what's going on and mm-hmm. to understand that you can make a difference if mm-hmm. you show up mm-hmm. and if you act properly. If you if you show up screaming and out, shouting, nobody's going to want to talk to you. But mm-hmm. if, if you show up and, uh, and act like a decent human being, people will listen to you. Mm-hmm. They may not vote the way you want them to vote, but there's always another vote. Yeah, I, th- I think a lot of people underestimate the accessibility of our of the representatives. We're all citizen legislatures. It's a part-time job for us. And, you know, I meet a lot of people for coffee across the street from my house. So, you right. know, that accessibility is always available to people, whether or not we're in session or not. Right. And I, I, I appreciate that, and I'm sure everybody else does. We're coming up to our first break here. Uh, I want to remind you to go to georgecarry.org, our website. You can find everything that we've ever done. You can renew. You can join. Um you can find my contact information, any other contact information. And if you have a question, give us a call. You can also download the commercial free podcast for this show from Newstalk1160.com. We'll be right back. And now, back to GeorgiaCarry.org radio with GeorgiaCarry.org's executive director, Jerry Henry. 
Welcome back to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio Hour. Jerry Henry with uh, State Representative Mandy Ballinger. Um, I want to talk a little bit about uh, about our convention tonight. We, um, You will be there, mm-hmm. and you were going to be there last year, mm-hmm. but uh, illness prevented it. Mm-hmm. And, and um, at that show or at that convention, had you been there, we... And I believe I've already told you this. We were going to present you with the Legislature of the Year Award. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he said, well, okay, she can't make it tonight. So I took it home with me, and I said, maybe we'll bring it down sometime during the Capitol or during the, the session. And, of course, you can't carry anything into – can't carry a firearm into the Capitol, whether it's a replica or whether it's mm-hmm. a real thing. At least I can't. <laughs> I know some people that probably could that don't have to go through security, but I won't mention any names. Um, and so we just never got around to where we could do that. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that we're going to do tonight is we're going to present you with last year's uh, Legislator of the Year Award. Mm-hmm. And we're going to let everybody know who you are. Mm-hmm. Those of you who, those of them who do not know who you are, we will make sure they know. And uh, you will have an opportunity to, to stand up and say a few things. Mm-hmm. I look forward to it. Well, we look forward to hearing you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yep. I was very sad that I couldn't. But, I, you know, I think after getting campus safety passed, it maybe is a, actually a little more appropriate this year. Well, that's so. true, because last year's bill last year's bill was vetoed. But it, our award wasn't based on whether the bill got signed or not. It was based on the hard work that went into it. Mm-hmm. And I know that you and Rick uh, worked very hard last year to mm-hmm. get campus carry and uh, to get it passed and wound up getting vetoed. But we came back this year, and uh, lo and behold, if you didn't do it by yourself this year. I, yes, I did. But, you know, I, I stand on the shoulders of Rick and Chairman Meadows sure. and Alan Powell. I mean, all those great guys, they, they are all Speaker Ralston. They're all tremendous Second Amendment supporters, and I stand on their shoulders um, whenever I get any, you know, whenever I am successful carrying a Second Amendment bill. It, it is with the help, benefit of their wisdom, experience, guidance, and support. Well, that's true, but if they didn't have the faith in you that you were one that they wanted standing on your shoulders, you wouldn't be standing on their shoulders. <laughs> no, that's that's true. So yeah. you you have made your mark as well, regardless. And I, I understand that, that they had a lot to do with that mm-hmm. uh, because I, I kind of know how things work down there. And if uh, there's at least a couple of people in there, if you don't have their support, you're not going to have any support. So, um, and, and that's that's one of the most important things that a lot of people don't understand Mm -hmm. we were talking earlier about uh, places off limits on campus and why they're off limits that basically we knew that if we put one more thing in that bill it would probably get vetoed Mm -hmm. and we felt uh, i felt georgia gary felt for the most part uh, like you do that if we got our foot in the door then we could do something Mm -hmm. because as you said earlier you start back with hb 89 all kinds of things were going to happen during HB 89. Mm-hmm. They didn't. Mm-hmm. Same thing 308, and as we move on up. Mm-hmm. And so now we have, uh, we law-abiding citizens have a pretty good record of not only uh, acting properly in public. We don't go around scaring people. We don't go around threatening people. Mm-hmm. We, we are armed uh, because we feel, for the most part, that we should be able to carry the same place a criminal does. Exactly. And he carries any dang place he wants to. <laughs> You know, we, you don't pass laws for me. You mm-hmm. pass laws for, for the uh, for the criminal. Mm-hmm. I mean, for the law-abiding people. You don't yes. pass laws for the criminal. 
You got that reversed. I sure did. (laughs) You said it the other way. (laughs) I hope nobody records that and uses that against me later. But um, you're right that you pass laws for law-abiding citizens. You don't pass them for criminals because criminals are not going to abide by them anyway. Uh, And it's, uh, like I said, we we wanted more places, but we couldn't get them. Mm -hmm. And I had some people, uh, even in Georgia Carey, that complained about you know, you can't do this, you can't do that. Where Where's a student going to put his gun if he if there's a an 18-year-old or a high schooler in his class? Where's he going to put it? Well, where's he put it now? Mm-hmm. Same place he had to put it. Mm-hmm. The only difference is there are some classes that he can go into. Yes. And he can also have it on campus. Prior to HB 80, it was against the law for you to take it, your firearm out of your glove compartment mm-hmm. or, or your car, mm-hmm. out of the front part of your car, and walk around to the trunk and put it in your trunk. Yeah. It was against the law. So mm-hmm. I think you're a little bit better off now. I think and, you're, yeah. And in fact, I told some members, well, if you don't like it, call the governor. We've told you to call the governor. Tell him to veto it. <laughs> you know, well, I don't want to do that. Well, okay then. Yeah. You know, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Once the bill is passed and Sidey Die comes along, you've got what you're going to get for this year. Mm-hmm. You're not going to go back in there and add something later. It just is not going to happen. No, Can't and I don't, I don't think if, if we would have added anything, I don't think it would have been successful. But I think it's an important first step. And I think once, you know, the dust settles and, you know, it's proven that it works and it's effective and, um, you know, people are able to, to protect themselves. And, you know, hopefully we'll see a crime rate decrease because crime right. is quite bad on our campuses, right. particularly inner city campuses. So hopefully we'll see, you know, the perception change um, and, and we'll be able to, to move that ball forward going forward well i can tell you one way that the uh, perception does change and has changed over uh, some of the gun bills in um, with the uh, sb 208 in in 2010 you were allowed to keep for the first time a gun in your car on campus mm-hmm. if you had a george weapons license mm-hmm. and uh hank huckabee who was the the um, chancellor at that time he complained. He ta- spoke against that bill. We don't want that. Here's what's going to happen. You're going to get a student upset in the class. He's going to go out in his car. He's going to get his gun. He's going to come back and shoot the professor and shoot up the class and mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And he was totally, adamantly against mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Then last year, not uh, not the, not on 280, but on, uh, of course, they did uh, speak against it. But he said against, uh, was H 59 Yes. Uh, uh, last year that was vetoed, mm-hmm. he spoke at the same time. And he said, look, we already have a policy that allows them to keep it in their cars, and that works fine. <laughs> Let's just stay with what we've got. Mm-hmm. So in four years' time, he went from somebody's going to kill somebody to, hey, this is a pretty good policy. And I think four years from now, you may see mm-hmm. some of the same things happening. Yeah, and I think we need to consider, you know, we heard a lot of emotional rhetoric whenever we were uh, contemplating campus carry. Uh, you know, we heard a lot from the the, the other side, the, the uh, opposing group, shall we say. Um, but I think we need to consider the only time that did happen, you know, we need to consider what did happen whenever there was a situation at Appalachian State Law School mm-hmm. in Virginia um, you know, there was a student who was mad. He was not a weapons carry permit holder, um, but he was mad about his grade. He went. He was um, actually shot several people, but he was subdued by three students who went to their cars, retrieved their personal weapons, and subdued the gunman. Right. Um, so law-abiding citizens, uh, you know, who are, are armed, are able to defend themselves, are able to, to use their weapons in a smart, effective way. Right. Well, for the most part... 
uh, it deters them from ever going, the criminal from going in there to begin with. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I said about this law um, is the fact that no longer can a guy sit across the street from a college campus and pick out his b- victim because he doesn't know for sure who's armed. It mm-hmm. doesn't matter, you know. And yeah, there are some people there that are not old enough to have licenses, but today's world, at least for me, it's hard to tell if you're 18 or, or 22, mm-hmm. you know. And so he has to be at least more careful about what he does. Mm-hmm. That's correct. And one of the things also that was um, I heard an awful lot of women, I'm sure you did too, uh, speak who were going to nursing school at night. Mm-hmm. Like Kennesaw State, they they complained that they had to walk across the parking lot, and it's fairly dark, mm-hmm. a lot of bushes around there, and they have to go unarmed. Mm-hmm. And they're, uh, they're qualified for, for arming themselves, mm-hmm. but... The law would not allow them to do that, and mm-hmm. they were happy to see that as well. And, and I, too, and I know one of the things that you mentioned during your presentation was that you felt that it would help women mm-hmm. in case of attempted rape. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, I think that, you know, firearms are, um, you know, there are our ability to defend ourselves, um, you know, both men and women. Um, and I, th- I would encourage women to, you know, take a class if, if they if they don't feel comfortable around firearms. I grew up around firearms. I grew up in North Georgia. So, um, you know, I had the benefit of instruction from, from an early age. Um, but, you know, a lot of the Big Woods Goods, a lot of those places, they have mm-hmm. firearm instructions. And, they uh, have women's for, too. and for women, so yeah. um, you know there are there are several shooting groups out there for females. So I would encourage women to to arm themselves and and have the ability to defend themselves. I don't disagree with that at all. In fact, there's a saying that uh, God created men and women. Samuel Colt made them equal. <laughs> 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 so yes, uh, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Uh, it. it a, a 250-pound man can't pull a trigger any better than a than a 110-pound lady. Mm-hmm. So uh, you, you've got to think about that before mm-hmm. you start attacking these people. Exactly. And uh, like I say, you just you really never know who it is mm-hmm. or what's going to happen when it when it comes up. But uh, I, like I said, I'm very happy for the work you've done and and uh, the fact that we did get the bill signed this year. Mm-hmm. And um, like I said, I understand exactly or not exactly, but an awful lot of what you went through because I did a lot of, uh, I did a lot of uh, TV commercials and newspaper commercials in the last few years as you have, and and you've always done a very good. You do do a much better job than I do. But uh, at any rate, we're coming up to another break here. It's been a fast uh, eleven minutes, and uh, I want to remind you: go to georgiacarry.org. You can join. You can renew. You can find out anything we've ever done. All our contact information is on there. Uh, You can also download the commercial-free podcast at Newstalk1160.com. And we will be right back. And now, back to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio with GeorgiaCarry.org's Executive Director, Jerry Henry. Welcome back to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio Hour. Uh, Jerry Henry with Mandy Ballinger. Uh, we have talked in the past about several different things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that one of your things is uh, 
violence or crime victims. Mm-hmm. You, you, can you tell me a little bit about your background in that area? Um, well, I've, I've worked at domestic violence shelters. I've worked at homeless shelters. I've worked as a crime victim advocate with the prosecuting attorney's office. So, um, you know, right now I'm the governor's appointee to the Georgia Commission on Domestic Violence. Um, I actually added strangulation to the aggravated assault statute for which I was awarded um, you know, I got several awards from the Georgia Coalition and the Georgia Commission Against Domestic Violence. So, um, you know, basically, I, I think if there's a if there's a, a narrative or a theme kind of running through some of the legislation that I've carried, it's keeping people safe mm-hmm. um, here in the state of Georgia, allowing people the ability to defend themselves, and also making sure that our laws are strong so that people are able to defend themselves right. and not be victims. Uh, well, where do you think I should be able to carry my firearm? I think you need to be able to carry your farm wherever you want, Jerry Henry. <laughs> I will agree with that 100%. I kind of figured that would be the answer. But uh, as a matter of fact, I, I was talking with Mark Walters the other day, and that was one of the things that we came up with. You know, We were talking about, uh, look, I just want to be able to carry my gun where the criminals carry it. Mm-hmm. If I can do that, I'm, a, I'm okay. I'm yep. safe. But yet. Because they carry anywhere they want. They carry anywhere they want. They don't ask anybody. And. Uh, it, the thing is, the difference between me and them is they're willing to uh, to take the rap if they get caught. Mm-hmm. I'm not willing to take the rap. Mm-hmm. And not only that, if I were to get arrested for being somewhere with <laughs> in the wrong place, <laughs> might make the news. I'm not real sure, but yeah. uh, and, and do more harm to to Georgia Carey and and the Second Amendment. Well, and you the, have the something to lose. That's right. So. I have a whole lot to lose. Mm-hmm. And not only that, other people. Who are members of of Georgia Carey mm-hmm. have a lot to lose, mm-hmm. and uh, you know somebody might even say that you agreed with me at one point in time and might hurt you as well. <laughs> we, we wouldn't want that. Oh, people say a lot of things about politicians oh, in the I states. So. I understand. I, like I said, I, I I can remember when I got my first threatening letter. Uh, it's been back about uh, I guess about four or five years ago, six years ago, and it kind of shook me up. Mm-hmm. The only thing is, I, I went back and looked at the address on it, and it was out of New York City, from, of all places. And I keep wondering, why the heck does New York City worry about what we're doing in mm-hmm. Georgia? It's none yeah. of their business. If you want to worry about it, move down here and do something about it. Exactly. Vote for you know? Run for the legislature. Right. Uh, just. I look forward to debating in the well. <laughs> but uh, at any rate, I looked up uh, on, uh, on the Internet. I looked up the dress, and I found the streets. But there was no such address on that street. Mm. Yeah. And it was postmarked from the, from the same city. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a lot of times people, when they're doing those things, they, they're doing it anonymously and they're just, they think they're big because they're behind a typewriter or behind a computer screen and nobody can see them and uh, they can say whatever they want to. Yeah. I mean, I think, you, you know, you do encounter a certain amount of bullying. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people that kind of, um, you know, they, they relish the anonymity of email or, mm-hmm. you know, kind of the electronic communication. So, um, you know, you're not really sure where that came from yeah. a lot of times, the yeah. email. Um, oh, so, yeah. but you do get a lot of, uh, you know, interesting, um, interesting emails and, and, mm-hmm. you know, of course, threatening emails and, uh, very, uh, non-constructive emails. Well, I, I, I did something to a couple of mine that kind of slowed a lot of the emails down. I think, uh, I posted them on our webpage. <laughs> so here's some of the love that I, I received from some of the people out there. And uh, once again, I, I, you know, to me, kind of politics is kind of, in my opinion, taking the wrong step. I don't think that you should be going to New York City to get money to run in Georgia. Mm-hmm. I think that, that Georgia 
ought to be Georgia money, and it ought to be Georgia politician. Mm-hmm. If you want to move in, become a Georgian, then that's fine. Do mm-hmm. that. But when we've got people from California, New York, and other places pouring money in here to try to turn this state legislator, lady, mm-hmm. uh, state legislature into a, a progressive type legislator mm-hmm. just because they have the money and they don't want us to have our freedoms. Mm-hmm. There's something wrong with that picture mm-hmm. as far as I'm concerned. Well, and there's something, I mean, you know, there's there's a lot of movements, you know, in the legislature, you know, we'll have meetings with lobbyists and that sort of thing. And there'll be a concerned person from, you know, Wisconsin or California or New York. And, you know, they decide that this is the best policy for Georgia. Right. And they're really reticent and they're really, um, you know, that they don't want to. They just want to impose whatever it is that that they got passed in another state. They don't take into consideration the history and the the legacy that we have here in Georgia. That's correct. So I I think Georgians rule and govern Georgia the best. I I don't disagree with that at all, even though I'm originally from Texas. Uh, You've been here a really long time. I have. (laughs) 39 years next uh, in uh, two more months. Almost as long as I have. Yeah, almost (laughs) as long as you have. You were born here. (laughs) Funny how that happened, huh? Uh, but uh, I, I I totally agree with that. Uh, I, again, I just I just think it's nobody's business. Mm-hmm. It, it's, uh, I, I'm yeah, and, and the bullying tactics that sometimes the the left and the progressives take um, is just really startling. And I think that it's it's been you know I got a lot of quiet, well reasoned, well thought out support from numerous college professors, mm-hmm. from numerous people, you know, who are employed on our university system who didn't feel like at the staff meetings, at, at those, at, you know, organizations at their college or their university that they were working at, that they could voice that opinion. Right. right. There's a lot of people that feel that way. They're, they feel badgered into to being quiet. Mm-hmm. You know, exactly. It's, it's the old free speech thing again on campus. They, they're and afraid to do it. Dozens of them have reached out to me since the log went into effect on July 1st, have reached out to me like, okay, where exactly can I carry? Yeah. Um, and I'm like, well, you're asking for legal advice. I, I pass laws, but I don't give legal advice. Right. So you need to reach out to a Second Amendment uh, lawyer. So uh, they, One of the things that, that I see happening uh, quite a bit and more often nowadays is there's an awful lot of professors saying, hey, I can carry in my classroom, but I can't carry in my office. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I say, well, you need to talk to Governor Deal about that. Yeah. I had several professors voice disappointment that they weren't able to carry in their right. office. Right. Um, and that, you know, they, they felt disadvantaged as a result. But, you know, hopefully I, I've explained to them that, you know, this is a first step. So mm-hmm. hopefully in the future, moving forward, we'll, we'll be well, able to. You know, I tell them with your support, we mm-hmm. can get it done. Yeah. You know, write to Governor, write, yeah. write, uh, uh, the speaker, yeah. right? The lieutenant governor. And Tell don't them get bullied. what your feels are. Well, and don't get bullied at your home. You know, whenever you're in that staff meeting, whenever you're in that, um, you know, department meeting at the college or university, speak up mm-hmm. and let that right. voice don't, be heard right, and don't correct. be bullied. That's correct. So. It, it is free speech. Mm-hmm. You, you should be able to use it. Yep. And uh, um, now, what is some of the work that you've done in the... Uh, Crime, victim, violence area. Um, well, like as, as far as bills go and things of that nature. As far I, as bills, well, the first bill that I passed, uh, near and dear to my heart, um, in 2013 was House Bill 480. That was my first bill. Um, and it actually allowed uh, victim advocates to remain in the courtroom whenever a child victim was testifying. Um, I, I remember that. Yep. 
anytime a, a child victim is testifying, the, the judge has the right to clear the courtroom. And uh, unfortunately, some of my friends who were child advocates, as I was, um, were not being allowed to remain in the courtroom. So I managed to get that passed um, that first year. So that was my first bill. Good. So, And I also co-signed. The, uh, uh, I think, was it in 13 or 14 that I co-signed uh, Rick's, the first bill, which became HB 60? Oh, uh, yeah, that was HB, uh, I want to say, um, 5... 512. Was it yeah, 512? Five, yeah, 512. That's mm-hmm. what it was, 512. Yeah, but Rick was the, he was the, he he did he did all the carrying on that bill. He, well, I, but I did nothing but as his seatmate but offer moral support, and yeah, I was you, the fourth you, signer. You, but. <laughs> I believe that you took your time to listen to him and learn from him. Mm-hmm. Cause, and I made the statement, after HB 60 was passed, uh, Rick was our legislator of the year. Mm-hmm. And I made the statement before presenting him the award. Uh, and I felt like I could say it properly as I, I said, uh, I watched this young man grow up last year. <laughs> and I say that because he is younger than me. Uh, everybody is, but that's beside the point. Um, dirt's not, but uh, I did watch him grow up. He he was, he went from being a kind of timid to a degree, mm-hmm. not really, you know, scared timid, but a little bit more timid about it. He, like he wasn't real sure of himself to... I'm ready to knock this door down. Mm-hmm. I believe this, and 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 that took a, a lot of. He got a lot of pounding around from. Uh, you talk about emails. He got. I think he said his, his record was something like 900 and something in a day. Yeah. And I know y'all get an awful lot of of emails there. Mm-hmm. And and the only thing is, we just don't want them to be hate emails. And and that's one mm-hmm. of the things that we tell our people all the time. Mm-hmm. These people have a job to do. These people are. Uh, are doing their job to the best of their ability. Mm-hmm. You need to meet them. You need to go down and talk to them, and you need to let them know how you feel. Mm-hmm. And they may not agree with you, mm-hmm. but they'll know who you are, mm-hmm. and they will recognize you. And there will come a time when they will probably vote for you on something. Mm-hmm. And there are other issues besides just farms in the state of Georgia, although it's number one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no, there, there are other things that need to be done and other things that have to be done. And uh, that's why I tell people don't don't just get bogged down on the the people that are for guns or against guns. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're coming to the end of our third section. This is really flying along. I'm having a lot of fun. I want to remind you go to georgiacarry.org, our website. You can follow us at georgiacarry on Twitter. I'm at gotyourback64 on Twitter. You can download the commercial free podcast at newstalk1160.com, and we'll be right back. And now, back to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio with GeorgiaCarry.org's Executive Director, Jerry Henry. Welcome back to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio Hour. Uh, our final session here with uh, Mandy Ballinger, State Representative from Cherokee County, and an excellent friend of the Second Amendment, and your friend as well as mine. Uh, where do you see us going in the future as far as uh, gun rights? Do you see us to be able to continue uh, chopping off a little bit at a time, or what do you think is going to happen? I know we're, we're one of the things, excuse me for interrupting, one of the things is I know that we've, we've chopped so much off of where we were mm-hmm. that now we're getting down to the really mm-hmm. difficult parts of things. Exactly, and I, I think that one of the things that has enabled us to, to keep the forward momentum has been – 
our ability to look back and prove the efficacy of what we've done in the past. So I think with a significant step, albeit not as much as we wanted, with campus carry or campus safety, I I think that we're probably going to, you know, at least for the upcoming session, I I would anticipate us us taking a breather, Mm -hmm. kind of resting on our laurels a little bit, kind of going like, look, look, everything's fine, everything's great, crime's down on campus, and and that sort of thing. So I'm, I'm not... I, I think we're probably going to just take a breath with this upcoming session, mm-hmm. and then I think probably moving forward from that um, in the 19 session, I think we'll probably see a little a little more forward movement. But mm-hmm. I think it's it's up to really the the onus is on our citizens and and you know our Second Amendment folks out there and our grassroots to really make sure that they're electing good representatives. Mm-hmm. Um, there will be an election next year. Um, you know, it will be up to them to make sure that, you know, friends of the Second Amendment continue to, to serve in the Georgia House. Right. Um, and, and we continue to be able to move that ball forward because I, I don't I don't think without us being able to look back and prove the efficacy of, of House Bill 280, I, I don't see us, you know, there being much movement um, in the way of, of Second Amendment coming up in the in the 2018 session. Well, and I agree with uh, Campus Carry on that part. We have a couple of things that, that I think are issues that really need to be d- addressed. There's a couple of them. Uh, one of them is the fact that here in the state of Georgia, and other states have addressed this, if uh, if you pull your firearm out to protect yourself and point it at someone, mm-hmm. you just committed a felony if you don't shoot them. Mm-hmm. So that should be, in my opinion, addressed because mm-hmm. your victim could run off if he knows the law. He could run off, call the police, and say, hey, this this lady or this guy just pointed the firearm at me. Mm-hmm. And then you're the one that's in trouble. Mm-hmm. That needs to be addressed mm-hmm. because one of the reasons for me, uh, for a lot of people at least, to have firearms mm-hmm. is if somebody sees it, they're probably going to leave you alone. Yeah. And so I pull it out. I point it. And if I pull it out, actually um, – I don't necessarily have to point it to him. If he calls the police and says, I pointed it, then it's up to me to try to prove differently. Mm-hmm. And that's not going to be easy at all times. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's one of the things that we would like to look at. There's mm-hmm. also a um, – I found a bill here a couple of weeks ago that we haven't discussed much, but it's a – or not a bill, a statute that allows the uh, Georgia uh, forces, the state forces, during a time of an emergency mm-hmm. – to stop the sale of firearms mm-hmm. and ammo, et cetera, like the governor used to be able to do. Mm-hmm. And we need to address that, I believe, and get rid of that as well, because mm-hmm. we, that's when we need our firearms most is during mm-hmm. a time of a declared emergency. And uh, the way it's ri- it written, if I remember correctly, uh, it can be just if he feels something's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Which so is not a very good idea. Is is the who who is the the deci- decision maker with that? The the uh, the general that's in charge. Oh, the adjutant general. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we need to of the Georgia Army National Guard. I'm not. I'm not sure. I believe that's correct, okay. but I'm not sure. Okay. Uh, we. I'll look it up and we'll find okay. out uh, yeah. tonight. Well, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, I was thinking. <laughs> I was probably taking a little bit of too narrow a focus on whenever you mentioned Second Amendment and what we were going to be doing. Um, you know, I I look at like expansion carry, right? Um, expanded carry, and right. I think we're gonna, you know, moving forward in in 2018. I I don't, but I do see. You know, like, um, you know, maybe there's clarification that needs to right. happen in our criminal statute right. 
uh, as far as pointing a firearm at another. You know, I know whenever I added strangulation to the aggravated assault statute, that was already in case law. Mm-hmm. It was already in case law that, you know, if you if you committed that, that offense, you were guilty of aggravated assault. Hands right. have been found by the courts to be deadly weapons. Right. Um, so maybe that is something, maybe personal defense might be something that's in right. case law, might not be in statute. Maybe we need to codify that. Right. Well, and we have, have spent a lot of time just talking about campus carry today as well and not mm-hmm. the not the whole gamut. not the breadth of second and, amendment and we have an awful lot of uh, well we have an awful lot i think we have a list of about eight or ten things that that we see as as uh, inconsistencies or, mm-hmm. or so in the law that we would like to address mm-hmm. uh and if we get some of those i mean that's that's that was sb 292 this mm-hmm. year that's what yes. that did yeah, and, and you know and, Rick is much. He's 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 my guy for all that licensing stuff, and all, he is so good about that. Yeah. So so we we uh, like I said, we have a few items, mm-hmm. that, but there there are nothing. You know, when I've told people the earth shattering bills are gone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, we we've just about taken care of those. The only thing that I can see that might be more earth shattering to some people would be if we could carry in the Capitol. Mm-hmm. But and some people are good with that. You know, in Texas. Uh, you can carry into the state capitol, and they have a special line mm-hmm. for people who have a firearms license in Texas. Mm-hmm. You go through there, show your license. You don't have to be. Uh, you don't have to go through the security. Mm-hmm. That is your security. Yeah. And and you stop and think about that. Some people say, "Oh, that's terrible." Well, it may be terrible, but when you stop and look at the number of people that work at the capitol, mm-hmm. how many have been background checked? <laughs> Nearly. Well, all of them that have a firearms license have been. Mm-hmm. And when you look at the other people in there, yeah, we don't even know whether they could pass their background check or not. Exactly. And there's people going through there that don't have to go through security that may or may not be the best of, mm-hmm. uh, type of person. So far, they've, they've been okay. But mm-hmm. uh, So there's, there's a, a lot of things that can be said mm-hmm. for opening up those places. But like mm-hmm. I said, the, the big drum roll is basically over. We, mm-hmm. just, we just need to continue to quietly get rid of everything else and as i've told people before we need to stay involved we need to get people more involved in georgia carry and the grassroots efforts and all the second amendment groups to continue the fight don't go away because exactly because well and the there's pendulum swings and when it swings back and we go back to the progressives we'll be sitting here fighting as harder harder to try to keep what we've fought and gotten in the last 10 years uh because they look at it the other way. Exactly. And, you know, advocacy not only is for on our city level, our county level, right. our state level, our national level. You know, so often we kind of, you know, we we get, um, you know, the, the media loves reporting on all of these big issues, right. um, whether they be state issues or federal issues. But I know, Georgia Carey, I mean, y'all advocate for your membership on every level. Yes, um, we do. If it's a city, if it's a county, if it's, um, you know, to make sure that everybody is able to exercise their Second Amendment rights the way they should. That's correct. And we we also ask our members, uh, if you see something wrong in your county or state, go to the to the city councilman or the the commissioner Mm -hmm. that's involved with you and tell them what the problem is. Yeah. And explain to them. Mm -hmm. And especially in a lot of instances where they say you can't carry in certain places. Mm -hmm. You say, well, we've already been down that road. Do you want to go down it again? Yeah. And we've had I've had people call uh, write me and say certain counties doing this and mm-hmm. I say well why don't you contact your county commissioner and tell them mm-hmm. and they'll do it and they'll send me back a copy of the letter and then they'll write me and say hey guess what we mm-hmm. got it fixed yeah and so a lot of issues never come up to the state but mm-hmm. they're fought down in the lower levels mm-hmm. and that's where that's probably where more things are are done incorrectly mm-hmm 
because somebody thinks they can do it. Yeah, or just somebody misinterprets, somebody's misinformed, um, you know. So I, I think correcting those inconsistencies across the state are really important. No, oh, I do too. The state preemption law is one of the most important things that was ever passed. It, it's There are a lot of states that don't have that. Mm-hmm. And if you can imagine how tough it would be to go from one county to another or one city to another. And not know the and carry not laws. Know, right. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. and lately they've done the same thing with knives because mm-hmm. knives were the same way. Mm-hmm. You, there was uh, one of the big arguments was they have a big gun show out in uh, Cobb County. If you mm-hmm. live in Atlanta, go to Cobb County and buy a knife and come back and bring it back. You broke the law. Wow. You know, so you've got to be mm-hmm. that's that's been taken care of because yeah. the knives are now covered under uh, preemption as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, and they've also well, uh, HB two ninety two uh, extended the definition of a. Uh, of a weapon mm-hmm. to a knife mm-hmm. with a uh, blade length greater than 12 inches mm-hmm. before it was 5 inches. Mm-hmm. So uh, now you can carry a pretty big knife without having to have a Georgia weapons license. Mm. But you still got to watch the counties uh, and cities. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, like I said, I, I agree that, that the big things are over with. And you and Rick have been a big part of those big things. Mm. And, well, and, uh, you know, like I said, we've we've certainly done that with the support of Chairman Meadows and, of course, Alan Powell. I mean, he's been an awesome, sec- tremendous Second Amendment supporter in the House for a really long time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Speaker Ralston has, has also been a very, very strong supporter. So he was actually the one that suggested that I be the fourth signer on that first gun bill. So, mm-hmm. Yep. Um, of course, I think there's an organization that's also giving you a little bit of support. I might be wrong, but <laughs> Georgia Carey has always, always been in my corner. So um, I'm always grateful for that. If if nothing more than just you know the, the support that I get, just kind of going back and forth. Uh, this last term, whenever I was going from the Senate to the House to the Senate mm-hmm. to the House, you know, you were always there with an encouraging word. Or um, so well, I, we try. I we that. try our best. Well, we're coming down to the end of the show. Uh, it's been a pleasure. I thank you, Mandy, for being here. Thank being you for the guest. opportunity. I want to remind everybody one more time, uh, georgiacarry.org, our website. You can follow us at georgiacarry on Twitter. I'm at gotyourback64. You can download the commercial-free podcast at newstalk1160.com, and we will be back next week. Thanks for listening to georgiacarry.org radio, hosted by Georgia Carry's executive director, Jerry Henry. GeorgiaCarry.org is Georgia's no-compromise voice for gun owners. Join us each week for information on protecting your Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms. GeorgiaCarry.org Radio, Saturday mornings at 8 only on News Talk 1160, the talk of the town.